Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello, and welcome to episode 120 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and this week I am focusing as we're getting ready to head into the holiest of weeks, I'm focusing on the message that we need to fully embrace so that we truly can receive the graces that our Lord wishes for us, and it is You Are Loved. That's the title of this episode, but I really focus upon how we need to, again, embrace this reality in our lives. And I kind of talk about how it is that we go about not doing that, how in little ways we deny the fact that God could love us beyond measure, of how we, I give you some practical tips about how you can come to increase that love, that knowledge of that love, that awareness of that love, but then also ways that you can continue to grow in that love. So I hope that this serves you and helps you, especially as we get ready to enter into Holy Week. So I'll see you on the flip side. Hey, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness here, and I just wanted to remind you that if you are watching this video on YouTube, then you can get the whole podcast on your favorite streaming platform, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of the other myriad of podcasting platforms that are out there. So just a reminder, if you want the entire podcast, go and check it out there. So our food for the head today comes from St. John Berkman's And he says, our true worth does not consist in what human beings think of us. What we really are consists in what God knows us to be. So right now we're getting close to the end of Lent. And one of the biggest things that we tend to get focused upon is what is everybody else thinking about us rather than what is God thinking about us. And hopefully this Lenten season has been an opportunity for you to be able to go and to focus upon what God thinks of you. Now to begin with, God loves you, okay? So need to start there. You are his beloved son or daughter. So we need to start with knowing that we are loved beyond measure. God doesn't have a measuring stick of where he goes, oh, you haven't done this or you haven't been this way, therefore I don't love you. That's not how it works. There is not conditional love from God in any way, shape, or form. So we need to first start from the position of we know that we are loved. And that is really difficult in this world of conditional love, right? 
everyone is like, oh, well, you're a worthy employee if you do X, Y, Z, or you're a good friend if you do this or you're in a particular way, if you are being with somebody. Um, so our world rarely will share love or appreciation or respect if you're not acting in a certain way or being a certain way. So it's really difficult, but the fact is, is that God wants us to know this reality that we are his sons and daughters. We truly are of a royal lineage. We are princes and princesses of the great high king. And the whole thing about the world is that the world is trying to give us affirmation, give us position, give us power, popularity. We're trying to fill ourselves with possessions um, and experiences. And this is a very challenging thing uh, to be about because we'll never be satisfied. Why do I know this? Because only God can satisfy. I know that seems to be very trite, but the reality is true. Only God can satisfy and fill that God-sized hole that is in our hearts and minds and souls. So again, our true worth isn't as a reflection of whether or not we receive praise or thanks from our friends or our customers or from our bosses or maybe even from a zillion followers that you might have on social media. Rather, our worth is rooted in none of those things. It is rooted in knowing who God created us to be. And this is why our Lenten journey should be focused upon who has God created me to be and how can I become that person and be that person more fully. And most of the times that means that we have to set aside all these things that are getting in the way, um, including ourselves, our own egos, um, and uh, our pride uh, will, will do that to us. And, but we each are unique and unrepeatable signs of God's love and mercy. You're beloved. You are cherished beyond measure. I can't stress this enough. And many times people will be like, Christina, why do you keep saying that? God loves us. God loves us. God loves us. We're beloved sons and daughters. Why do you keep repeating that? Because we need to keep hearing it. Because our world, even those who are closest to us, oftentimes will only give their love conditionally. And this is what we're, we're supposed to be trying to be about as friends, as spouses, as sons and daughters of our, of our human you know, moms and dads, is for us to love unconditionally, to get better at loving unconditionally. Because our worth is only going to be found in God's love, not the world's. And we need to help others be able to experience that as well. So... How is your prayer and fasting and almsgiving going in helping you remember and embrace that truth? That is where you need to be focusing. And as we're getting ready to conclude this Lenten season, it's even more important as we get ready to move into the Easter season. How is it that my prayer life, how is it that my particular fasting, what was it that I fasted from? And also what almsgiving, how did the love that God has entrusted to me, how was that shared with others? 
and then determining, discerning whether or not those are things that you can leave behind, you know, particularly things that we fast from and, <clears throat> you know, leave those behind and whether or not we can be continuing those activities of almsgiving. And then how has our prayer been deepening our relationship with God so we can know his love for us? So those are things that as we're getting ready to head into the holiest of holy weeks, the holiest of weeks of our year, focus upon this. Stop and reflect. Pause. Take the time to be able to reflect upon your journey and how is it that God is calling you to be a new creation come Easter Sunday. Our food for the heart comes from Vinnie Flynn in his Seven Secrets of the Eucharist book. He writes, a spiritual communion acts on the soul as blowing does on a cinder-covered fire, which was about to go out. Whenever you feel your love of God growing cold, quickly make a spiritual communion. Quickly. There's a sense of urgency here. The saints are trying to tell us that we should not limit our union with Christ in the Eucharist to sacramental communion once a week or even once a day. We need Christ's living presence in our lives moment by moment to nourish us and protect us from sin. So we need to renew our union with him regularly, especially anytime we feel ourselves drifting away. Christ is not merely present in the Eucharist during Mass. The Eucharist is an ongoing fulfillment of Christ's gospel promise to remain with us. Behold, I am with you always until the end of age. Many of us, when the pandemic happened, learned and or renewed their understanding and practice of a spiritual communion. I know for me, I had not practiced it um, in a very intentional way until the pandemic happened. And then because we weren't able to go and receive sacramental communion and mass, uh, was making a spiritual communion. But what I found was, is that the ability to be able to say, Lord, I unite myself with you. And I ask that your presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity fill my soul so that I may be in union with your will for me as I go about my day. That became a very powerful moment. And then I read this quote from Vinnie Flynn and I was less like, oh my gosh, that is so true. You know, anytime that your soul is beginning to feel a little cold, that you're kind of drifting away from what you know that God desires for you, make a spiritual communion. Do that so that you can have Christ's living presence in your heart and mind and soul, moment to moment, so it nourishes you, so it protects you, especially from sin, so that we can be in union with him and we can be recipients of his un ongoing promise, his fulfillment of his promise to be with us until the end of the age. One of the biggest things though is that we need to stop periodically through our day. Whether or not you make a spiritual communion or whether or not you pray the Angelus, for example, or the Divine Mercy Chaplet or whatever it is that helps you pause and then be able to renew your union, your focus upon who you are as a son and daughter of God. <clears throat> 
that is what we have to be doing throughout the day. One of the great ways for us to be able to be uh, united with Christ through everything that we do is to ask for the Holy Spirit's assistance when we're beginning any new project. So whenever we uh, get done with a project, we can say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for having been with me, or thank you, Jesus, or thank you, God, however you want, you know, whatever is most comfortable for you. And then as we go to do a new task, call upon the Holy Spirit, call upon God, call upon Jesus, your guardian angel, your patron saint, you know, Mary, to be with you and to assist you in the project that you are just getting ready to be about. Jesus longs for us to be united to him, not just once a week or once a day, but frequently each and every day. And when we are united with him, then we will find the truth, not just of what Vinny had reminded us of, of behold, Jesus is with us always until the end of age, but also we will be able to experience the reality of another promise that Jesus made to us in Matthew chapter 11 verse 30 when he said for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and this is how it becomes a lived reality for us this is how we're able to experience this is by being in union with him as frequently as possible and this allows us to be able to truly experience not just his presence but then also in the midst of our trials and temptations and struggles and difficulties, his presence so that his yoke is easy and our burden is light. Our food for the hands comes from Paul Thigpen in his Manual for Spiritual Warfare. He writes, Throughout sacred scripture, we find that when God's people fast, the power of their prayers is increased especially when they are engaged in spiritual warfare. In the Old Testament, the Lord told Isaiah that a fast properly undertaken would loose the bonds of wickedness, undo the thongs of the yoke, and let the oppressed go free. In the New Testament, we find that Jesus fasted for 40 days and nights in the wilderness in preparation for his battle with Satan, who came to tempt him. If prayer is a spiritual weapon, fasting is the spiritual whetstone on which it is sharpened. It's the spiritual muscle that, when exercised regularly, strengthens the thrust of that weapon to pierce the enemy and drive him away. So many times people will ask, why do we have to fast? You know, most of us focus upon the abstaining from meat on Fridays and we kind of think of that as our fasting we're fasting from from meat but our fasting is so much more our fasting is what will strengthen us as Paul Thigpen writes here it will will be what strengthens us in the spiritual battle so when we combine fasting with prayer then we become our prayers become sharpened and focused, and we become a stronger spiritual weapon in the hands of God. Never thought of yourself as a weapon in the hands of God, did you? Well, Mother Teresa talked about being a pencil, about writing, you know, being, being a little pencil in the hand of God who's writing on the souls of all whom she encounters. Well, we too 
are doing that, but then also we're a weapon. We are a weapon of good, of light, of truth, of hope, of joy. We are the weapon that helps others be able to experience that in their lives. We, especially intercessory prayer, when we're praying for the concerns and needs of others, when we align this also with fasting from something that we enjoy, for example, it could be something as simple as you don't watch a particular TV show. Okay, so fasting doesn't always have to be about food. It doesn't have to be about food or drink. It can be about fasting from those things that we enjoy, that we find pleasure in. Things that when we fast from is a sacrifice. But I've often spoken about the fact that sacrifice is any of those things that you do not like, cannot change, did not choose, and do not understand. So anytime that you freely accept any of those things into your life and you unite it with your prayer and you fast, you know, so you fast from, so for example, you do not like Brussels sprouts, okay? So just a real simple one. I'm going back to food and I know that, but it's just an easy one. So you don't like Brussels sprouts, but yet you go to someone's home and they prepare Brussels sprouts for you. So you do not like them, okay? So I'm remembering uh, green eggs and ham, Sam I am from Dr. Seuss. So I do not like them, I do not. Um, but the fact is, is that in that moment, you have the opportunity to be able to, to unite your will with what has been placed before you in that moment, which is to eat the Brussels sprouts. Now, you don't have to take a huge helping of the Brussels sprouts, okay? But you can say, Lord, in my fasting from my will, from my preferences in this moment, I am offering my fasting along with my prayer for whoever is in need of that prayer and that sacrifice. Part of the reason why I consecrated myself to Mary many years ago, once I understood that Mary, because she is in complete union with God, and God has given her the grace and the privilege to be able to help dispense his grace throughout the world for whatever the intercessions and needs are of his people, she is truly the queen mother, then what happens is, is that I'm able to not even worry about that unless someone in particular is placed on my heart. I can just say, Mary, take this and use it for whoever needs it in the world. Whoever needs it, go and use it. Part of me is hoping that what will happen is that I will, when I get to heaven, praise God and, you know, uh, God's will, that when I come to heaven, that I will meet all the people that Mary, on my behalf, used my prayer and sacrifice to help them in their moment of temptation, in their moments of when they are battling Satan, in the moments of when they were struggling against whatever sin or addiction or temptation or even in the midst of true tragedy and struggle and difficulty of where they didn't know how they were going to move ahead. But my prayer and sacrifice made a difference. I'm not going to be able to see that here and now, but I trust that it's true. 
because it's a part of the promises that God has given us. So in this way, our fasting is able to help do that. So Lent is spiritual warfare. Every year, the church asks of us to become more powerful spiritual warriors. And fasting is one of the greatest things, one of the greatest practices that we can begin to use in our life. And again, it doesn't have to be this fasting from food or drink. It can be fasting from our will. It can be fasting from saying something about a situation that we cannot change. It can be about us freely saying to God, I don't understand what's going on, but I'm going to trust you. These are all fasting because we're sacrificing in those moments. So remember this, that it's one of the greatest tools we have to grow personally in virtue, but it's also, even more importantly, I would say, a means by which we can increase the power of our prayers, especially those who are in most need. So don't lay down your weapon in the spiritual battle when Lent ends. See how it is that you can make fasting a part almost second nature but a part of your life in an intentional way so that you really can be that mighty warrior for God that is going to fight not just for your soul but but for the souls of all whom you love and whom God loves which is everybody our food for the feet comes from Dom Hubert von Zeller he writes The saints flinch as instinctively as others when the cross comes along, but they do not allow their flinching to upset their perspectives. As soon as it becomes clear to them that this particular suffering is what God evidently wants suffered, they stop flinching. Their habitual state of surrender to God's will has a steadying effect. They do not get stampeded into panic or despair or rebellion or defeat. <clears throat> Excuse me one moment there. <clears throat> Got a frog in my throat and my apologies there. But hopefully the, the water will help. So this is beautiful for us to meditate upon. Dom, Dom Hubert uh, von Zeller's words. In remembering that all the saints flinched just like anybody else, just like we do when the cross came along. They all flinched. They all were like, no, not signing up for that. No, don't want that. But they didn't allow their hesitation. They didn't allow that flinching to alter or upset their perspective. And what was their perspective? This is God's will for them. The perspective that comes of what is before us is God's will comes from spending time in prayer and it comes from spending time in silence and being able to hear with certainty God's voice because he's always whispering to us he's always whispering to us so we need to always remember that God is always whispering to us and he's always placing before us his will and we have to get better at growing in awareness and then in understanding and then taking action. But when the cross is before us, even saints will flinch. And they all did. 
So we need to take some consolation in that, that just because I'm flinching before the cross is before me, i.e. taking care of your, your mom or dad in, after a medical you know, situation and you having to be a, a caretaker for them, or a child is sick and you don't know what's going on and you have no idea where you're going to turn and just the anxiety and the concern that might result from all of that. That's a cross. All of these different struggles and difficulties that we have when we're interacting with people that we might not necessarily like or understand um, or people that we don't necessarily want to hang out with, but we have to. And these are crosses. And we don't have to like them. Our cross is not something that we have to embrace. Now, Jesus did embrace his cross freely and obediently. But how did he do that? Because he spent time with his father and knew what the father's will was for him. So that when the time came, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane before they came and arrested him. And he was going, Lord, God, Heavenly Father, if this can pass me by, please let this cup pass me by. But if it's your will, Give me the strength. This is what we need to be about as well. And as we are doing this, then what happens is, is that we are abandoning ourselves to God's will. We're trusting him completely. And there's nothing more powerful than trusting in God's will and allowing him to work through us. There's nothing more powerful as a witness to others of what is possible when we are united to God's will for us. And so when we're striving for holiness, this is what we need to try and learn how to do better and better over time. doesn't mean we go looking for crosses. Again, we are not martyrs of our own choosing. Rather, we will be martyrs of God's choosing. And he knows exactly how we need to offer ourselves up, of how we need to abandon ourselves to his will so that we can become exactly who he created us to be, which I was talking about at the beginning of our conversation, which is to really radiate and reflect that we are his sons and daughters, that we really are those unique and unrepeatable signs of his love and mercy. And when we are that, are those signs of love and mercy in the world, then others will get courage. Others will be inspired. Others will be encouraged. And others will know it is possible for them to. In the smallest of things, we can do this if we but say yes to God's will in our lives. If we but say yes to holiness. When we do this, just like Dom Hoover tells us, God's will will have that steadying effect upon us. We're not going to panic. We're not going to despair. We're not going to be rebellious and say no. And we're not going to admit defeat. Rather, we're going to be able to have that certitude that God is present and that his will will be done, and that God will help us bear it.
and as we get ready again to move into this holy week, this week in which we are accompanying Jesus during his passion, everything from his triumph and Palm Sunday to his passion, death, and then resurrection. We have to remember that we got to get through Friday to get to Sunday. Old Negro spiritual, you know, is is that reality of Friday's here, but Sunday's a coming. So we need to remember this on our own journey. Even if things are dark right now, even if things are super difficult right now, know that God is with you. Why? Because he loves you beyond measure. And he will always love you. And you don't have to do anything in particular. You don't have to you know, be a certain way like the world wants us to be in order to be loved to a height and a depth and a length and a width that we can't even imagine. You are loved. Allow that love for Jesus. Allow that love from Jesus help you respond to loving Jesus so that you can walk with him throughout this day. What might be some resolutions that you could take from conversation today? Well, one, start practicing a spiritual communion, making sure that you're stopping at least a couple of times a day to invite Jesus to renew his union with you or for you to make a commitment that I want to be in union with you, Lord. So making a spiritual communion. Another is, especially during Holy Week coming up, make a resolution to really accompany Jesus. And how might you do that? By reading the Passion. I know sometimes on Palm Sunday it can be difficult, but offer up, for example, I read this recently, offer up your standing during the Gospel as a way that you can unite your suffering to Jesus's. And finally, remember that prayer is a spiritual weapon, but fasting is the spiritual whetstone. So this week, be very attentive to opportunities you have to fast, not just with food, but then also from those things that you might necessarily go and turn to during this week. So it might be you refrain from watching your favorite TV show episode that comes out. That'd be a hard one for me. But, uh, but in many ways, really focus upon how can I fast this week so I can unite my suffering with Christ. So do you want to make a difference in the life of someone you love? You want to make the difference in the life of a good friend? Well, there's no better way to do that than to invite them to Alpha Online. Alpha Online is a series of sessions that is set to help you and your friend explore the Christian faith and be able to ask questions as we learn about Jesus. 
Each session looks at a different question that talks about faith and is designed to help us really reflect deeply on the big questions of life. So if you're interested and you really want to make a difference in the life of someone you care about, invite them to Alpha Online. You can go and you can register at the Say Yes to Holiness website, sayyestoholiness.com. Hope that you decide to join me each and every Monday night from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Again, go and sign up at sayyestoholiness.com, and I look forward to seeing you next Monday. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.